What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees, and welcome to the division round predictions for my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2019-2020 NFL regular season, and now... NFL postseason. We had ourselves an exceptionally exciting wildcard weekend that saw, you know, a couple of upsets, one that I called, one that I didn't, but it was a slate, a full slate, four very good football games, and I think we got four more on tap this week, so we will get into those predictions as quickly as we possibly can, but first, how did I do last week? Like I said, a couple of upsets, one that I called, one that I didn't. We were even money across the board, two and two straight up, two and two against the spread, two and two over under. So I'm not going to count that as a loss. I'm not quite going to count it as a win, but I'm not going to count it as a loss. If we go even money across the board, I'm all right there. Hell, I would have killed to go even money against the spread and over under this season where I was 45 and 48% respectively. So 6-6 six and six for the playoffs so far, obviously that is 50%. We're looking to move forward here in the division round, but we got plenty to build on from wildcard weekend. And I feel okay, given that I, I really talked myself out of being 3-1 and one against the spread, because I was going to take Minnesota plus 8, and you can listen to last week's episode, and I literally talked myself into taking the New Orleans side of that line. So really, I mean, look, I can look at it like this, I talked myself out of 7-5, and five, so I was at least somewhat on point. In the Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em Pool, I still sit in 12th place out of 37, 1,389 out of 2,104 possible confidence points, 66% clip on the season. In Wildcard Weekend, I only brought in my two least confident plays, so I only brought in 12 of the 40 confidence points. That's only a clip of 30%, which is never going to be good enough to get it done, certainly not going to be good enough to catch the people at the top. Shout out, though, to our wildcard weekend winner, MN Beast. MN Beast, we've mentioned on the show in previous seasons, I believe. He went 3-1 and one in wildcard weekend. Very good. 32 of the 40 possible confidence points. He got a clip of 80% on the points. That was good enough to win wildcard weekend all alone. So shout out to MN Beast for winning last week. Justin V remains the overall leader, 166 up, 93 down, and won this season. That includes playoffs, 1,476 out of 2,104 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 70%. It's that championship clip that I've talked about all season long, and it is good enough to remain our overall leader. Very quickly before we move forward, I did want to touch on Mike McCarthy getting hired by the Dallas Cowboys to be their new head coach taking over from Jason Garrett, who is looking, I think, at the offensive coordinator job in Cleveland or something. He's looking at an offensive coordinator job. But look, I think the Cowboys bringing in Mike McCarthy is a solid get. I mean, he's a dedicated head coach. He just outgrew his time in Green Bay. I don't dislike Mike McCarthy. I found his play calling in Green Bay and schemes in Green Bay grew stale. But, I mean, he'd been here a decade, something like that. So, I mean, that's that's almost always going to happen when you have a coach that's here for such a long period of time. I think Mike McCarthy's going to do very good things in Dallas. I think Dallas wins that division next year. I'll put that on paper right now. Mike McCarthy was a very solid hire for the Dallas Cowboys, and I think it's going to lead to good things. 
Now, I'll take this opportunity, as I always do, to remind you that if you go to the description of the video file on YouTube or the audio file on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, you can find all of my results from last week, all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for the division round games in the 2020 NFL playoffs. You can find information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em Pool, information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page, and you can find information on my great friends and sponsors at Nerd Tees. Folks, it stays the same, so you know the name, nerdtees.ca, promo code BWFINEST, and that is going to save you 15% at checkout, including free shipping on any order over 75 bucks if you live in the Great White North, and it is currently great and white right now because we won the World Juniors and we're in the middle of a giant snowstorm. If you are in the U.S., two clicks of a button, everything is in U.S. dollars for you. You get an excellent conversion rate on the U.S. dollar. Today's blend is a classic. It is root beer. It is great hot. It is almost even better when it's cold and chilled. It is just a very versatile blend. Tastes exactly like that cup of root beer, that glass of root beer that you loved to have at A&W as a kid. Nerdtees.ca, promo code BWFINEST, save your 15%, get your free shipping, find yourself something to love or find someone you love something to love. You can do it on nerdtees.ca. In the divisional round, we have the following matchups. Tennessee, by virtue of their upset of Tom Brady and the New England Patriots in Foxborough, now get to travel to Baltimore to take on Lamar Jackson, who is suffering from the flu, by the way, and that Baltimore Ravens team that won the AFC. The Houston Texans, after beating Buffalo, now get to travel to Kansas City to take on Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and that upbeat Kansas City Chiefs offense. On the NFC side, Minnesota, another victory against the New Orleans Saints. Minnesota moves on and get the privilege of traveling to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. And Seattle, by virtue of going into Philadelphia, beating the Philadelphia Eagles like I told you they would, Seattle travels to Green Bay to take on Aaron Rodgers and my Packers. Let's kick things off with that David versus Goliath matchup in the AFC. AFC 1 versus 6, the Tennessee Titans taking on the Baltimore Ravens. Tennessee now 10 and 7 on the season. They were the number 2 seed out of the AFC South, and as we mentioned last week, number 3 rush offense and number 10 scoring offense in the NFL over the course of this regular season. Baltimore comes into this game a sparkling NFL best 14 and 2 on the season champions of the AFC North. They were the number two total offense in football. They were the number one rush offense in football, doing no small part to the quarterback and an incredible season from Mark Ingram. And the number one scoring offense in the NFL this season. I believe the only NFL team this season to top 30 points per game. On the defensive side, there were no slouches either. The number four total defense in football, the number five run defense. So there you have the number three run offense versus a top five D, as well as the number three scoring defense in the whole league this past season. The Ravens are for real from top to bottom. It ain't just the quarterback. 
No head-to-head matchups between these two on the season, so we move right on to what they were able to do on the football field this year above just record. The average Tennessee Titans football game finishing 25-20 to in favor of the Titans, and that does take into account their one playoff game. Baltimore outscored opponents this season by an average score of 33-18. to Unbelievable what a year for the Ravens. In the last four, and for Tennessee, of course, this will include their playoff victory last week against New England. Titans have won two of their last four games, only outscoring opponents by four points, 26 to 22. It's back-to-back wins, the playoff game in New England, and then Houston to close out the regular season. But prior to that, they suffered losses to both the Saints and the Texans. The Ravens come into this football game on an incredible 12-game winning streak, outscoring opponents in the last month, 31-16. That's over their prior four games. Those were victories over Pittsburgh, Cleveland, the Jets, and the Bills. So a couple of games in there where, you know, the competition's not the greatest, but I mean, Pittsburgh damn near made the playoffs. Buffalo did make the playoffs. So it's not like they were only beating up on incapable football teams. When you make this matchup situational, you put Tennessee on the road and Baltimore in their own building, this very much becomes a matchup of something's got to give because both of these teams in that situation, Baltimore at home and Tennessee on the road, both teams are 4-0 in their last four games. They've each won at least four straight. They've each scored at least 32 points a game in those games. Baltimore scored 33 points a game in their last four home games. Tennessee scored 32 a game in their last four road games. And neither one of them are giving up more than 16 points. Titans giving up 16, Baltimore giving up 14. For Tennessee, that includes the playoff win against New England, a win over Houston, a win over Oakland, and a win over Indianapolis. For Baltimore, it was wins over Pittsburgh, the Jets, the 49ers, as well as the Texans. I think the one spot in this matchup where the Titans could be looked at as the team that might have the edge is in recent playoff experience because Baltimore's had a couple of rough seasons leading up to this one. Tennessee now has three games of playoff experience in the last three years where they are two and one. Baltimore has only played one playoff game in the last three years. It was last year in the uh, wildcard round, I believe, a game that they lost. Significant injuries here for the Titans. Uh, Adam Humphreys carries over from last week. He is questionable this week, still dealing with an ankle injury. He did not suit up and play last week for Tennessee. Adoree Jackson at cornerback has now shown up on the injury report. He is questionable dealing with a foot injury, as is Jayon Brown at linebacker. He's questionable. He's dealing with a shoulder. On Baltimore side of things, like I mentioned, Lamar Jackson's dealing with a flu. Right now, he's considered probable to play. And I tweeted a little earlier, it's like, of course, of all the things that Lamar Jackson did this year, now he's just going to go out and have like a Michael Jordan flu game. I believe I was quoted as saying, leave some greatness for the rest of us. But it looks like he's going to play. Mark Ingram is legitimately questionable in this matchup dealing with a calf injury. If he were not able to play, I have to assume it's a combination between Justice Hill and Gus Edwards. They're both capable running backs, but I mean certainly a downgrade from what Mark Ingram is able to give you in the backfield. 
And at center, Matt Skura, who started a bunch of games this year, played over 700 snaps on Baltimore's offensive line. He was moved to injured reserve today with a knee injury. His season is done, so that could be a big hit to the Ravens' offensive line. You know, as confident as I was in telling you that the Tennessee Titans were going to go into Foxborough and beat the New England Patriots, I truly, genuinely believed that. And none of the due diligence that I did caused me to change my mind. I went into this game legitimately feeling the Baltimore Ravens were going to win it, and none of my due diligence really changed my mind on that. So I am going to stick with the Baltimore Ravens here. Let's take Baltimore at home to beat the Tennessee Titans as much as I want to be the guy to Barry Horowitz, pat myself on the back, and say, I picked the Titans to win both games and it happened. I I legitimately just don't think it's going to happen. However, against the spread, Baltimore's laying 10 points as a home favorite, and that's just too many points for me. For a team offensively in Tennessee that will be capable of keeping up in this football game, especially where there's like there's like a 45, 46% chance of rain, which I think could keep the score down a little bit, but make the run game that much more important. You put the ball in Derrick Henry's hands and good things happen the more you do it. So I honestly think Tennessee plus 10 is the smart play here. If you want to parlay it, I would understand that, but I think Tennessee plus 10 is a smart play here. Total in the game set at 47 points. I think it's pretty much a perfect total. It was kind of a coin flip for me to begin with, but that 46% chance of rain, even if you only get a little bit of precipitation, I think that could keep this game under the point total. So I'm going to stick under 47 points in Baltimore, Tennessee. Let's go Ravens 26, Titans 20. Hell of a showing for Tennessee this year, but Baltimore moves on to the AFC title game. Now let's find out who's going to join them. AFC 2 versus 4 matchup. The Houston Texans, who got to play at home last week, now hit the road. They travel to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Houston now moves to 11-6 on the season. Again, champions of the AFC South. Like I mentioned, the 5th worst total defense and 4th worst pass defense in the NFL from this past season. We mentioned that and talked about it a little bit last week. The Chiefs come into this game 12-4, stellar season, champions of the AFC West, the number six total offense in football this season, as well as top five in both pass offense and scoring offense, both at number five in the league. And then surprisingly, for people that don't religiously follow the Chiefs, The Chiefs were a top 10 scoring defense this year. The Chiefs were very, very tough on outside wide receivers. That led them to be the number seven scoring defense in the NFL this past season and could mean a lot of double coverage on DeAndre Hopkins. And with Will Fuller kind of iffy whether he plays in this game or not, that could play a huge role. These two teams did have a matchup this season in the regular season. You got to go all the way back to week six, where Houston beats Kansas City 31 to 24. That game was in Kansas City like it is this week. So Houston certainly has the feather in their cap that they've already beaten this team once this year. It is worth noting that week six game that Houston beat Kansas City was the last game that Patrick Mahomes finished, I believe, before he missed a few games with that dislocated knee. He was hobbled, had a good game in that game, but was hobbled. 
Now, Houston, average game this season, perfectly even scoring, like I mentioned last week, 24 to 24. Now, also counting their playoff victory against Buffalo last week. Kansas City, on average, outscored opponents this season by a mark of 28 to 19, a big margin of victory for the Chiefs. You take a look at these two teams' last four football games. Last four times, they have hit the turf. Texans have won three of those four games, but have been outscored on average 21-24. to 24. So they got three wins, but that one loss, that was a doozy, was it, for the Houston Texans. So look, 24 points on average a game you're giving up. It, that included that big loss to Tennessee where they got absolutely blown out. That does include the Buffalo playoff win, obviously, from last week. It includes a win over Tampa Bay and a win over Tennessee from a few weeks prior to that. But those are my question marks, I guess, with the Houston defense is occasionally they kind of lay up a turd. The Chiefs, 4-0 and in their last four games, outscoring opponents 26-11. to That defense has really locked things down. That includes wins over the Chargers, the Bears, the Broncos, and about a month ago, the New England Patriots. The Chiefs come in on a six-game winning streak into this game. If you make it situational, if you put Houston on the road and Kansas City in their own building, the gap only gets wider. The Texans, 2-2 two and two in their last four road games. Nothing wrong with that. They beat Tampa Bay. They beat Tennessee. They had losses in Baltimore and in Indianapolis prior to that, but they're being outscored in those games, 19-28. to 28. This defense did not play well on the road down the stretch. How much can J.J. Watt fix that? I'm sure it does certainly play into it and make a big difference, but does it make up quite that much of a gap remains to be seen. The Chiefs have won all four of their last four games in their own building, including wins over the Chargers, Broncos, Raiders, and Vikings. So not exactly the greatest competition other than the Vikings, but they've outscored their opponents in those games 30 to 14. So again, talk about an offense that's humming and a defense that's a little underrated. Both of these teams have four games of playoff experience over the past three seasons. Houston is even money at four and four, including the win last week over Buffalo. Kansas City, however, has only won one of those four playoff games over the last three seasons. Andy Reid's a great coach, but doesn't necessarily have the playoff resume, certainly not recently, with Kansas City couple of injury things to talk about here before we get on to the prediction. On the Houston side, Jonathan Joseph shows up for the second week in a row. He is questionable with a hamstring injury. He did not play through this injury last week. And like I mentioned, Will Fuller is kind of hobbled as well. So they may not have that outside threat that they're used to having in Houston. On Kansas City's side, Andrew Wiley at guard is questionable in this game. He's only dealing with an illness, so it's he. I'm sure he plays, but he does still have the questionable tag on him, and he's had a pretty darn good season. And in the secondary, Juan Thornhill, or Juwan Thornhill, I don't think I've ever heard his name pronounced, he just went to IR with a knee injury. I believe he was a rookie and was having himself a pretty stellar rookie season, if that's the case, but he is done for the year on IR. 
now that the Eagles are gone, I guess I have to find another team for a fan base to get mad at me. So um, I guess I'm going to have to go with Houston and let's let's see some some Texans fans come in and start giving me crap. I, I, I really don't think Houston wins this game. It's understandable to me how they beat Buffalo because Buffalo, occasionally, that offense kind of lays a turd. And that offense looked good in the first half, and then completely disappeared in the second half and it cost them the game. I don't expect that to happen with the Kansas City Chiefs. I expect a very balanced offensive attack throughout. They're not a great running team, so it is going to be a lot of it on Patrick Mahomes. But that secondary for Houston is susceptible. You can throw on them. Patrick Mahomes should not have any trouble throwing on them. I got to take the Chiefs here. I'm going to take Kansas City at home in what I feel is a pretty decent little spot to beat the Texans. On the line, it's another playoff game where the Chiefs are favored by 10, and it's just another game with a double-digit spread, which I really don't like. I mean, to to lay double-digit points in a playoff game just seems kind of gross to me, but I really feel like this is one of those cases where it's justified. I think I have to lay the 10 points on Kansas City. I think the offense is good enough that they cover that. I think the defense will play well enough on the outside the outside uh, receivers that it's going to come down to whether or not Houston's run game can beat the Chiefs and I just don't think it will. So we're going to lay those 10 points. Let's take Kansas City minus 10. Total in the game set at 51. I am going to stick under on it. I only capped this around a mid to high 40. So I don't have this number going over. I think it's our largest number of the week. But 51 points. I'm going to stick under on it in Kansas City, Houston. Let's go Chiefs 30. Texans 17. Nothing to hang your heads about. I just think the Chiefs move on. Now. The NFC side, let's take a look. Let's take a look at their David versus Goliath matchup, which is the NFC 1 versus 6, the Minnesota Vikings traveling to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. Vikings have now moved to 11-6 and six on the season. They're the number two seed out of the NFC North. And as I mentioned last week, top 10 in terms of scoring offense and scoring defense, number eight on the offensive side, and number five defensively. But the 49ers, to look at their accolades, I'm going to have to take a deep breath here. 13-3, champions of the NFC West, number four total offense, number two run offense, number two scoring offense, number two total defense, number one pass defense, and number eight scoring defense. These two teams did not play a head-to-head matchup this season, but if they had, I would have expected it to be a bit of a defensive battle because over the course of the season, both of these teams only gave up about 19 points per game. The real difference being San Francisco scored just under 30, Minnesota scored right around 25. Now it starts getting real interesting when you look at how these teams played down the stretch and of course in Minnesota's case we're going to include their playoff win last week against New Orleans. Look, Minnesota's only 2 and 2 in their last 4, San Francisco is 3 and 1. So you think, okay, San Francisco got the better of it down the stretch. However, the Vikings outscored their opponents in those games 24 to 19, which included that playoff win against the Saints. A loss to Green Bay, a loss to Chicago, and a win against the Chargers. San Francisco, yes, they beat Seattle, they beat the Rams, they beat the Saints. 
their one loss in there was to Atlanta on that Herculean streak they went at the end of the year. But in those four games, they've only outscored opponents by a single point. 33-32. to 32. The 49ers are giving up 32 points a game over their last four games. That, to me, is pretty darn inexcusable for a team that had all of those, especially defensive accolades, that we just talked about. Situationally speaking, you put Minnesota on the road and the Niners in their own building. Both teams are 3-1 and one in their last four games in those situations, and scoring is basically dead even minnesota's outscoring opponents 31 to 23 san francisco's outscoring them 32 to 24 in minnesota's case it includes their playoff win against the saints they beat the chargers and they beat dallas they got a loss against seattle in there when you look at san francisco you're looking at a win over the rams a loss to the falcons the win over green bay and a win over arizona back in week 11 edge in playoff experience over the last three years firmly in the corner of the Minnesota Vikings. They have played three playoff games in the last three years having won two of them. San Francisco, this is their first playoff game since 2014. We have exited some dark times if you are a San Francisco 49ers backer. First time in the playoffs in five years. No significant injury concerns to note for the 49ers heading into this game. Just some depth stuff. On the Vikings side, however, some stuff you got to watch out for. Stefan Diggs right at the top of that list. He has the questionable tag. He's only dealing with an illness, so I would assume he's going to play in this game. However, you're going to want to monitor him right up to game time. And in the secondary, Jaron Curse, he's questionable dealing with a toe injury, as well as Linval Joseph on the defensive line, one of their better pass rushers and run stuffers. He is questionable dealing with a knee injury. In consideration for this game, what I will say is this. If the 49ers win this game, I will shut up about my concerns over their defense. I really, I genuinely will. I'll say no matter what the number is, it's like, look, you know what? They're fine. They're getting it done no matter what. The fact that they're giving up 32 points a game over the last month really bothers me. And the fact that they had those back-to-back wins to end the regular season didn't do very much to assuage my concerns over the 49ers defensively. And look, those are good wins. Seattle and the Rams are good wins, both of them. And the win over New Orleans a little bit before, that's a good win. However, again, it's 32 points a game. This is supposed to be an elite defense, and I don't necessarily see that because all of those games, actually, what, one, two, three, four, their last five games were all one-possession games, two of them being losses. So, look, one possession either way, they could have been 0-5, and and it really would have been the defense's fault. The offense was scoring the points, But, I mean, the defense was the ones that were really giving it up. And granted, they were playing good offenses. But they're playing a good offense this week in Minnesota. I'm saying all this to say, I think the Minnesota Vikings go in there and beat them. And I know people guffawed at me saying Tennessee was going to beat the Patriots. But they did it. I genuinely think this Minnesota Vikings team is headed to the NFC Championship game. And that's the way I'm going with it. Minnesota upsets the San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco to go on to the NFC title game. On the line, Minnesota, 
They're a seven-point dog. Obviously, I like them to win. Take those seven points. Vikings, plus seven. Total in the game set at 44.5 points. It's our lowest total of the week, and this is the one that I do think actually goes over. I, in fact, had it capped a little bit higher. There's a little more than about a third of a chance of a little bit of rain in this game, but I do still think it goes over this total, 44.5. It's too middling for me. I think we're going to see a couple more points. So we're going to go over 44.5 points in Minnesota, San Francisco. Write it down. Vikings 24, Niners 23, Minnesota goes to the NFC title game. And they will go to the NFC title game to play either Seattle or or the Green Bay Packers. NFC 2 versus 5, Seattle in Green Bay. Seattle now 12 and 5 on the season, the number 2 seed out of the NFC West, the number 8 total offense in football, as well as the number 4 run offense and number 9 scoring offense, like we mentioned last week. The give back there is that they were the 7th worst total defense in the NFL this regular season. The Green Bay Packers, 13-3, champions of the NFC North. You see my lovely little tiki in the image on the YouTube video. The North is not enough. The number nine scoring defense in the NFL this past season. Also, maybe it's just PTSD as a Packers fan, but I was positive that these two played in the regular season. But it's again, it's 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 Seahawks PTSD as a Packers fan. So they did not have a head-to-head matchup this season. Average game, Seattle won by about a point, 25 to 24 on average. That does include the playoff victory in Philadelphia last week, which actually, funny enough, I didn't realize until this morning that both of Seattle's wins against Philadelphia this season came in Philadelphia by the exact same score of 17 to 9. I was today years old when I realized that. Packers, on average, outscored opponents by four points, 24 to 20. Ironic, because that's what the spread is in this game. Packers minus four. Seattle enters this game even money in their last four games. They stumbled down the stretch at the end of the regular season, losing two consecutive games against San Francisco and Arizona, both division matchups there. They beat Carolina prior to those back-to-back losses, and then, of course, had that playoff victory in Philly last week. However, they are being outscored by a pair of points, 22 to 20 on average over the last four. Green Bay turned it on down the stretch, had a relatively easy schedule, five-game win streak for the Packers heading into the playoffs, 4-0 and in the last four, outscoring opponents by a full touchdown, 22 to 15 so some strong defensive efforts against Detroit Minnesota Chicago and Washington their last four opponents make the game situational put Seattle on the road and Green Bay at home Seattle has actually won three of their last four road games that does include of course the victory last week against Philly the victory against Carolina that we mentioned, a loss to the Rams prior to that, but then the Week 12 victory in Philadelphia. So three of those four, last four, I should say, road games, victories for the Seahawks. Outscoring opponents on average, however, only by a single point, 19-18. to 18. So the Rams' loss, a little bit of a bigger one. 
The Packers, 4-0 in their last four games in their own building. Again, not the greatest uh, lineup of opposition. It's wins over Chicago, Washington, Carolina, and Oakland. However, they did win those games by an average of 10 points per game, 27-17. Both of these teams have a depth of playoff experience over their last four three seasons. Seattle now has four games of experience under their belt where they are even money at two and two. The Packers with a run to the NFC title game a few years back where they fell to Atlanta. They have three games of playoff experience in the last three years, winning two of them. Not a ton to speak of in terms of significant injuries on either sideline, but the one on each comes on the offensive line. Like we mentioned with Seattle last week, tackle Dwayne Brown, arguably their best offensive lineman. He continues to be listed as out indefinitely dealing with a knee injury. I would be surprised if we saw him in this game. The Packers tackle Brian Balaga is the big one for the Packers he is still dealing with a concussion has the questionable tag I think we'll likely see him play but it's far from a guarantee so that's a situation you're going to want to watch heading into the game but in both teams cases there are plenty of depth injuries beyond the larger names like beyond the most the most capable names like both of these teams come into this game at least a little bit beat up Kind of makes things more interesting. Look, man, I know the Green Bay didn't play the toughest schedule down the stretch. I know I screamed at Philadelphia literally just last week about, oh, somebody wanted them to win the division and rah, rah, rah. But, and I get it. And that probably makes me a bit of a hypocrite. And I guess maybe I owe at least the slightest bit of apology to Eagles fans. I'm not going to take Green Bay to lose this game. I'm sorry. I'm not going to take Green Bay to lose in Lambeau to a team that historically does not travel the greatest, even though they've been okay away in the last few games. They've been relatively low scoring. Seattle's been getting it done. I'm not taking Green Bay to lose this game. I'm sorry. I'm just not. So we're taking the Packers in this one. And you know what? When I did my due diligence, I landed on the Packers anyway. I like Green Bay to win this football game in Lambeau in January where it's going to be cold. I like Green Bay to win. Let's take the Packers to beat Seattle. On the line, like I mentioned, Packers are a four-point favorite. It's under a touchdown, and it's like a relatively small price to pay. So I think I'm going to lay those points on the Packers. If I like them to win, I would think they would win by a little more than that. But, I mean, look, with these two teams, you really never do know. So if you want to hedge your bets and take Seattle plus four, even if you like Green Bay to win... I totally understand it. Me personally, I'm going to lay those points. I'm going to take Green Bay minus four. Total in the game is set at 47 points, and I actually feel pretty strongly about this game staying under. Green Bay's defense has been firing on all cylinders lately. Seattle's offense did exactly look great last week. I only have this game capped at a high 30, maybe pushing a 40. So I under if you're going to give me 47 points, I like the under there. Let's go under 47 points in Green Bay, Seattle. Let's take Packers 23, Seahawks 17.
There you go, folks. Those are your picks for the division round games of the 2020 NFL playoffs. Let's go over them here with you one more time. I've got the Ravens beating the Tennessee Titans in Baltimore 26 to 20. So we're taking Tennessee plus the 10 points in a game that stays under 47. I like the Kansas City Chiefs at home to beat the Houston Texans. Let's go Kansas City 30 to 17 in that one. I like the Chiefs to cover minus 10 in a game that stays under the 51 points. I like the Minnesota Vikings in San Francisco to upset the 49ers 24 to 23. Let's take Vikings plus seven in that one and over the 44 and a half point total. And I like the Green Bay Packers over the Seattle Seahawks 23 to 17. Packers laying minus four. I will take the minus four in a game that stays under 47 points. There are the picks, folks. I hope you've enjoyed the episode, and it is time now for the patented comment of the week. My comment of the week from the Wildcard Weekend video goes to Vaping101, who has been a longtime listener of mine, literally years and seasons now he's been watching my show. He is an Eagles fan, so I, I, I do feel he would be one of the ones that if I owe Eagles fans an apology... It should probably go directly to him. His comment was, damn, I should probably take you off the automatic like before I even listen to the show since you decided to shit all over my Philadelphia Eagles at the end. And the response that I gave to him a few days ago was, sorry, my dude, obviously nothing personal intended. Simply count me among the non-believers, which is the great thing about sports. They have the opportunity to make me eat my words. And honestly, I mean, they still had the opportunity. It was still a one possession game right up to the end of the game. It finished, what, 17 to 9, I think it was. But yeah, I went a little hard on the Eagles last week, probably harder than I should have. So at least a minor apology on that one goes to you vaping. And yours is the comment of the week from the Wildcard Weekend episode. Thank you so much for listening and watching. I hope you enjoy the division round games. I know I certainly will because I'm going to have the opportunity to watch more of them. We got a big project that we're recording this week. Can't wait to share it with you. We will see you again next week.